Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, And then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listenership, start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the July edition of the Schooner Pod. We're almost there, boys. Uh, with me today, we got Ty, Ty Lee, Jameson Maxwell, the two co-hosts. We got the crew back. We're going, boys. Uh, it's media days, and uh, even though we're our our little our little uh, podcast is in there due to obvious reasons, um, it's it's definitely got the blood flowing about football. Yeah. Uh, sort of. <laughs> it really, it's not, yeah. It's not, not, not really. It's not the know. best Big 12 media day. It, it really, there, there really isn't much going at all. Um, that being said, there's something, I, I honestly think the most exciting part of media day was just the fact that it existed. Uh, <laughs> just, be, just because it's like, oh, it's media day time. I guess that's football time. Nothing really happened. It was just kind of the same bland answers. Yeah, but it's so tough listening to people just say the brainwashed answers over and over. You don't get anything like that you didn't already know. Like, have we learned anything from Lincoln Riley from this? He keeps going with the Jalen Hurts quarterback competition. All the injury updates, we already knew that beforehand. This is just people having quotes to write an article. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I am. Go ahead, Ty. Sorry. I really like how uh, I really like how we do stuff like that under Lincoln. Um, kind of as as negative as it is for fans, I'm I'm really a big fan of uh, us being very vague and very even things that everyone kind of knows to be true, us uh, still uh, denying them a little bit. Kind of with the, the quarterback competitions and stuff like that, saying, "Oh, I don't know if he's going to start," because it does uh it does establish a pattern of uncertainty that at certain points can really play in to being able to to pull some trickery when needed um and you you kind of see that's something that i think lincoln maybe got a little bit from bob bob was uh, pretty big on on some uh, deception type stuff and you kind of saw it later on in his career um and with just us being able to pull off people in certain positions or surprise people with who we're going to play. So I like that we're doing it now when it's clear because it kind of establishes a pattern of us being very vague and being very no definitive answers on things that right now, like we know Hertz is going to start, but when we're vague on, on whether or not he's going to start or whether or not Kyler Murray is going to start maybe in, two or three years when there is a true quarterback competition, uh, we can really pull off some trickery. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but 
Yeah, never forget the fact that Baker Mayfield got, quote-unquote, air quotes, uh, hurt in the Ohio State game and then miraculously came back uh, after Kyler Murray got a couple designed runs in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just at this point, I mean, I don't doubt anything that Lincoln does, even if it doesn't really make any sense with not naming Jalen Hurts the starter, even whenever we saw in the spring game Mordecai's poor performance. Whatever Lincoln does, I trust it. I don't know nearly enough about this team as he does, and whatever he's doing is working. Now, thinking at this point in the, I guess, off season, if you're talking about Baker Mayfield, like Baker Mayfield that year in 2015, he didn't even go. You know who went to media days? Trevor Knight. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We've always been about uh, the guys who have been here go. It's about earning your way, and I think that's something that's fantastic. Uh, with this team and with this culture. And I, I agree, Ty. I like that it's kind of carried on over from the Stoops era. Yeah. Another uh, another disappointing thing. Well, not another. This is the first disappointing thing, I guess, we've discussed. But uh, <laughs> no expansion, again, vocalized uh, this year or this week at, at Media Day. They've said that we're not looking for expansion, I guess, at least this year. Which is disappointing. I guess we're happy at, at 10 teams. Um, I'm all for Big 12 expansion, so hate to see it. Well, the, the thing is, the, the best shot they had at expansion was a couple years ago when they interviewed everyone and basically just used that whole process to squeeze a little bit more money out of ESPN. So expansion's probably, as, as it's been very evident, uh, very far away, if ever happening because it's a pretty big pie for 10 teams to split and if you bring too many or two other teams to the board that's less of a you know that's a that's a smaller slice for each team especially i think we just signed a new fox contract the big 12 right so i i I mean everything's dictated by what media deals you have and uh especially with texas i understand that they are getting overhyped by a lot of people but them being in the news and having a not just OU in the spotlight of the Big 12, people talking about other Big 12 teams is good for our conference. It makes it where we do not have to kind of – I feel like expansion is not a move that we need. I feel it's more of a desperation move. That's kind of how I always viewed it, and I don't think we'd really need it unless we find ourselves in a really tough place. Say if, like the, if we were performing like the Pac-12 was for the past five years – I mean, I would consider, you know? Yeah. I, I think my thing is, I think expansion, I think we need expansion, but the thing is there just isn't a team out there that fits. I don't, I, I think, I think UCF's kind of a flavor of the month. I think, mm. uh, I think, I, I don't know. I, I think that there aren't. You don't like, there, uh, you don't like Houston? I think adding another Texas team was like the worst thing the Big 12 could do. I think the perfect fit for an expansion team, and I think we only have one. I can't think of a second. I think BYU would be a really good fit. Um, but I just can't think of another team unless it's a Texas team, and we have too much Texas, like you said, Bobby. Yeah, BYU would be interesting. Um, culturally, I think it would be a weird – I don't know if it would be a weird fit or not, but uh, obviously when you have – there's always, always a concern about having to do the whole Provo to um, Morgantown travel. Uh, which would be a very, very funny uh, rivalry right there. Mm-hmm. 
the thing is with with BYU is why they're so intriguing for an expansion team is because they have such a large market. If we're talking about oh we should add Houston and SMU, those teams don't have nearly a big a market as BYU does. It's not about bringing in a team that's really really good and all this stuff and we're trying to figure out that is a part of it but like i said earlier it's money driven and you're trying to find big markets that are available to be taken away not a power five team and byu's right up there yep the mormon notre dame uh uh that just didn't sound great (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's what they are That, that, that that's really what they are like Notre Dame is kind of like you have Notre Dame fans all over because of Catholicism and you have BYU fans all over because Mormonism. Anything so. it's not the religious part, it's that just anything being the Notre Dame of anything is just automatically very awful. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> what if we added the Notre Dame of Notre Dame? So just Notre Dame. All right. Moving on. <laughs> that was pretty rough right there. They're obviously never going to join a conference, but if they did, uh, I don't know. I'd, I I think I'd open them. I, I think I'd welcome them with open arms. Notre Dame. Yeah, I'd let, I I think Notre Dame and the Big Twelve would be. I, I would do. I would be all in on that because if you want, if we're talking brands and we're talking making money, there's no other brand that would make more sense than Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame and BYU would be the perfect two additions. It's just not going to happen. It's, nah. There's no shot. No, no, no. It, 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 there is a zero percent chance. I just. It'd be great. Um, so that's pipe dream. That's a little little pipe dream hour there. But yeah, uh, yeah. So conference expansion not happening. Sorry about that. Yeah, and more bad news. Um, we had to again. I don't know why this is still such a topic, but dive into more clarifications on the horns down celebration and what that means. Which I just hate that that's a narrative still it's just annoying yeah it's it's really especially for the people just concerned about oh we don't want to hurt everyone's feelings and all that stuff i understand that argument but i also understand the fact that it if you're going to penalize all these celebrations in college which i don't i also don't agree with it the horns down does make sense it's just i think this is more of a whole rule thing rather than the horns down itself issue i i think the the amount of penalizations they've given to celebrations is ridiculous uh as is uh, there there's nothing taunting about doing rock paper scissors that's just people having fun for example uh horns down falls in the same vein of that it's just good-hearted uh you know good-hearted i i think i don't know that's that's just that's just how how you play games this you, is the you, most you talk a little shit yeah, it's the most competitive sport out there, and it's based on violence. Yeah. And we're worried about throwing a little hand signal. That does not mean anything really that poor. It just means boo Texas. And <laughs> people are re- like, legitimately, like, it's not like a middle finger. It's not, there's no deeper meaning. All it is is we don't like Texas. We put the horns down. It, it does, it's really, really poor. Yeah, especially from what the basis of a football is, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I I agree. It's I have a really big issue with the choreographed celebration rule, like you're talking about with the the rock paper scissors, uh, because it seems to me like choreographed celebrations as a whole 
are significantly less taunting than just like spur of the moment celebrations. When you really look at people's celebrations that are, you know, emotional and spur of the moment, they're generally a lot more taunting than two guys on the same team playing rock, paper, scissors for about two seconds in the end zone. That's that's a little ridiculous. Or the uh, the anime one or whatever that they were doing. <laughs> but uh, The Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think the biggest issue with that is is time constraints. I'm not saying we should go to... Go back to the days of the Miami guy running into the tunnel and doing, you know, doing the double pistols. But that being said, if you're if you're celebrating while you're running back to the sidelines, if it's like a quick three second thing, that's no issue. Well, and if it's that's it, the player celebrating is inherently no different than like the schooner coming onto the field or oh, somebody yeah. running with flags or any sort of other celebration that is being done on the field of play that every school has. So I really don't. I, I hate to see it because it, it I think it takes an element of fun out of the game, really, really, really restricting the celebrations because then you have situations where sort of OU at the end of the season where Lincoln was really cracking down on the players and on celebrations. And it just takes that little element of fun and those little highlight clips that you get and uh, they get the fans really excited. Cause yeah. Yeah. And not to get too political or anything, but it's just so weird that there's such an emphasis on celebrations being bad when there's so much in the game and off of the field and, and stuff like that that people just kind of try to, you know, shuffle under the rug. I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah, you, you could, if, you're, if you've been paying attention to the news, you can put two and two together, uh, <clears throat> less miles. But uh, it just seems a little, I don't know, a little weird. I don't understand the morality of, of, of college college sports right now. It's very strange. Yeah, and that's how it's probably going to be. NCAA is so flawed, and it's they're so controlling that I don't think really <laughs> we're going to have much rule changing to where it gives kind of players a voice. That's really yep. what it is. It, they don't care about all the players at all. It's all about like you said, if there's any kind of mistiming in the celebrations, that takes away from the game, and that's all they're worried about. And it's really sad, but that's just what they're working with in the NCAA. It has nothing to do with the horns down itself. It's all about the business aspect of it, which is really crappy. Yeah. Yeah, I just... It, it's been a weird media days where they're just kind of... There's just not a lot of fun, I feel like. I, we, I think we need to go full SEC and just start letting the riffraff in, uh, including ourselves. <laughs> I mean, the, the one cool thing, like Media Day, like I said, doesn't, you don't get much, but I mean, there's a lot of new faces that are in Media Day. You got Matt Wells with Texas Tech. He's saying some good answers. Of course, Les Miles. Um, K-State, the North Dakota State coach, can't remember his name, and then the West Virginia coach from Troy. I mean that's a lot. That's a pretty big turnover of coaches, and yeah. you still you still also will get your occasional coach um, quote from Mike Gundy. But other than that, I mean, that's really all you can take from it. It's just cool seeing people, I guess. Definitely, it's it just it's just good to see everyone again. It's like the first day of school, you know. If you like people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you're not, you're not you don't learn anything the first day of school. More, I think that's that's a good analogy. It's more uh it's more like um I wouldn't say first day of school for the media day. 
I would say, uh, do you guys have uniforms in school? No. No. Okay, well, so it's like kind of like back to school shopping, or like uniform shopping. Like you go, you see some people you know, you know it's about school, but it still hasn't set in that school's about to start kind of thing. And you just kind of run into some people that you don't normally see. That's kind of the vibe I get from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad we got to learn that all uh, 10 Big 12 teams want to win football games. That's, that's always <laughs> a plus. Yes. That's basically all they say is they, it's just a bunch of fluff. Uh, yeah, at least we're not having it in a practice facility this year. So that's, that's a plus. I, I will say that one thing really clicked for me this year when I was watching some clips from Media Day. And I was watching uh, part of the interviews with Matt Campbell, who is the coach of Iowa State. Um, and he has done tremendous things at the program, obviously really helping them become slightly relevant within the conference. Um, and it really just clicked for me when they were discussing him, you know, potentially going to the NFL. And, you know, people had always wondered, oh, is he just this committed to Iowa State or he wants to build something of his own at Iowa State and all this. And they asked him about the NFL and he said, uh, you know what, I it really wasn't even my goal to be a college coach. I always wanted to be a high school coach like my dad. And I just kind of fell into this. And I, it, when I was watching that, it just clicked for me that the reason that Matt Campbell doesn't want to go to the NFL is just clearly he's a coward. That's, that's <laughs> straight up. He, he knows that he can stay at Iowa State and have four and five lost seasons and people are going to worship him as, oh, thank God he came to the program. Because he knows that the second he goes to somewhere where he actually has to be a good coach and win games, he's not going to succeed. And that's, that's it. We're going to start the trash talk now. Matt Campbell is a coward. And Iowa State is just comfortable with not being good but kind of being talked about as potentially being able to upset people and that's why he's gonna stay so damn that's tough that is tough matt campbell's a very good coach (laughs) i I, I don't know if i can agree with you on this one i think you just sometimes like where you are you know is lincoln riley a coward well norman's not a but lincoln lincoln not wanting to go to the nfl right now makes sense because he is in a position where he can potentially achieve the pinnacle of college coaching, which is winning a national championship, especially with a playoff. Matt Campbell has no hopes of that ever happening at Iowa state. And I don't really think he even has hopes of getting a 10 win season. So he just got paid. And if he goes to the NFL, he could get fired after one year. Exactly. Cause they'll find out that he's not actually that good. Well, okay. not, only, not only that, but he can get hired at a place that's Iowa, at least Iowa State caliber. You know, Ty's kind of convincing me here. I don't know. Matt, Matt Campbell, show yourself, man. Come, that, on the, come, on, come on the pod and defend yourself, you coward. <laughs> that's, like, that's like you saying, I, I'd, um, you're, you're not a fan of gambling and everything. He should be a gambler because there's money out there to be made. You just got to take a risk. So everybody should go out and put all their earnings of their paychecks on a roulette table what do you think about that that logic sounds sound to me <laughs> okay well, i, I mean, forgot i'm I talking mean, yes to a, no. a <laughs> it's not all chance. like i don't know he has skill he's just a coward yep <laughs> matt campbell is a coward you, you you heard it here first matt campbell come on the podcast and defend yourself 
Connor. Do it. He won't okay. because he's a coward. So moving on. <laughs> moving on. One thing about Iowa State in transition is they had a lot of players show up on the uh, preseason Big 12 first team. And a lot on the defense, specifically four in general, if I recall. Um, just going through the defense starting, you have James Lynch, D-line from Baylor, Jaquan Bailey from Iowa State, D-line, Ray Lima, Iowa State. And just a couple names, just not to name them all the way. Uh, A.J. Green, the cornerback from Oklahoma State, is looking for a big year. Uh, Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from Oklahoma that we love so much. Defensive uh, player of the year! Defensive player of the year. Caden Stearns from Texas as a sophomore. The safety, a couple of the names, but Iowa State, when you put up four people on Big 12 first team defense, I understand it's the Big 12, but just whenever you have 10 teams and you have four of the 12 guys on that, um, all is there 12? One, two, three, four. I don't know how many. There's a lot. Should be, there should be a lot. There, the there's, there's 11 and a punter. Well, he's in special teams. Yeah, but he's listed as a defense. Uh, they they give they give you an extra slot on these Big Twelve first teams. They don't do eleven, so I think it's thirteen. So, okay. so four of thirteen. That's still a good feat, especially for a program that doesn't recruit nearly as well as Texas and Oklahoma. So they are yeah. something to look forward to to watch to because that having a team in the Big Twelve that gets good media. And people will be looking at them because of Matt Campbell and his notoriety that plays good defense could help this conference as a whole. Uh, yeah, I mean, all jokes aside, Iowa State is a very good program and a program that's getting better. And I'm really looking forward. I, I, I wouldn't say really looking forward because I'm a little scared of them. Uh, but I'm really interested to see what happens uh, when they get a full year of Brock Purdy under their belt. You know, him coming in as a starter day one, that's going to be interesting. And that defense, it, it's uh, unlike anything we see in the Big 12, without a doubt. Like, it's it's uh, as stout as it's ever been. Are we for sure who's going to be the Iowa State quarterback? Or like, is it, like, are we sticking with uh, Brock Purdy for sure? Because he, um, I mean, he's all good with the collapsed lung and everything, right? Have we heard anything about that? <laughs> Wait, wait, I hope he's okay. Wait, wait, wait. I thought I thought Alan Bowman was the collapse. Oh, collapse. you're right. Crap. Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is a throwback to last year, dude. I mixed them up all <laughs> last year. And then I'm like right back into it. You're right. That was the they, Texas Tech kid. They Rock both they both wore sixteen. That's yeah, where and then they up. both started off well and then both did not do well at the end. Okay, so now I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, no, so Purdy's pretty good. Bowman, we'll see about that, but yeah, I'm. I am legit really high on this I, uh, Iowa State team. Uh, I'll I'll get to that a little more whenever we get to our Big Twelve preview coming yeah. up uh, next month. So, um, yeah, no, seriously, what a, what a showing from them on defense. Uh, let's go back to this point though. Uh, what do you think about Kenneth Murray getting named Defensive Player of the Year? Is that that, that seems a little fishy to me? Yeah, I mean, I can see where it could happen. I think that he is a tackling machine. And if you listen to people that aren't OU um, fans or beat writers or something, they really think highly of Kenneth Murray because they see how many tackles, especially got in the Army game and just throughout the year. And they see his physical presence and the way he speaks in the media. 
Uh, I understand where they get that from, but what they don't watch is the tape and they see how he makes the wrong reads and he's not an instinctive middle linebacker. So while I think that he could end up winning the award, I still think there's like a scenario where we are still very frustrated with his decision-making, but he has so many stats and so many media people not really looking too far into it because we know this voting is extremely flawed. It's it's all media. Because it's a lot of people that do not watch and get into the deep down and gritty of the tape it's there's different between smart people and media people yeah so um i I could definitely see it happening if he does pan out a lot of tackles and that's something in this grinch scheme a middle linebacker can do yeah i i kind of agree with uh with jameson on a little bit of the analysis of kenneth murray uh if i'm going to compare him to an ou defensive player um I'd probably compare him maybe to like a Zach Sanchez. So when you look at Kenneth Murray's number of tackles and then look at Zach Sanchez when he played for OU, his number of interceptions, if you just look at a the numbers, the pure numbers that only show success and then a highlight reel, you can really get misled as to how good of a player that is when in some situations it's either luck, essentially, uh, like the Army game, he had a ton of tackles, but if Army just runs it at you the whole time and the defensive line isn't tackling anyone and you're the next one there, then you're going to get a ton of tackles. Um, and I think that that is, is really carried over. If you look at last season, our defensive line had an oddly low number of tackles compared to other defensive lines, and I think that that kind of boosts the tackle numbers for the linebackers, obviously. Because if they're not getting stopped at that second line, then that's where the linebackers are really going to be able to tackle him. So I think his numbers maybe got a little boost there. I think he is an excellent player. and uh, But I think he does have a, a little bit of boost. And then, again, like Jameson was saying, he does do really well uh, speaking and, and representing and, and everything. And I think that when you take him in press conferences and the numbers that only show success and then the highlight reel, you can maybe get a little bit misled as to just how good he is. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. But who knows? It's a new season. We'll see. Yeah, I just I think it's a little bold to call him the defensive player of the year. I, if I had a vote, I'd probably – I know it sounds terrible. I'd probably give it to Caleb or, uh, Caden Stearns. Uh, I think he was really pretty solid last year, and I – I honestly think, as, as far as uh, secondary goes, he's as good as it gets in the Big 12. I completely agree. Um, it's, just, it's just with Kenneth Murray. It, I feel like he would be my defense player of the year if whenever we're watching him, you see him as a force out there. Like He's making an impact. He's not making the scrap ta- like tackles just because that's the guy in the area and he made it past our line. Is this guy making a severe impact that is impeding the offensive flow? And that's yeah. what I'm really hoping to see this year. As it, last year, whenever we talked about it, we were like, we're, we want you to do everything that you wish, um, but we don't, we're not sure that you're going to do it. And he did about what we thought last year, but he's still so young. And yeah. there could be definitely a big jump, especially in a new scheme. So I'm once again going to give him the shot. I think a, For sure. I think a big thing is going to be our defense was a little bit of uh, kind of the lost boys from Peter Pan last year. <laughs> they really were. In, in leadership. Like they didn't have a solid coach the whole time. There wasn't really players that played consistently that you could say, oh, that guy is a, a definite leader. 
and is really putting things together. So I think with a, a new solid defensive coordinator that we'll have and this offseason to kind of develop his system. And I really, really hope that on the defensive side, there's been some players that have maybe matured a little bit or just because they're now a class up from what they were, people are looking to them more as leaders. And I really hope that we have some players that step up as leaders. And I think that a new system, a stronger coach that's in there leading, and then some players that are leaders, I think we'll see some big changes. And I really hope for Murray that that he's one of those people because I know that he can be because we've seen little glimpses of it, but he just didn't have the system to develop in last year. So hopefully that's occurred in this offseason, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to the offense a little bit. Uh, that's cool with y'all. Uh, unless y'all have anything to say about the defense uh, left over. No, no, defense isn't existent in the Big 12. Let's move to what matters, <laughs> honestly. For sure. All right, so um, here's the first team for uh, – preseason first team for the Big 12. Uh, quarterback Sam Ellinger. Uh, uh, Puka Williams Jr., who will not discuss about his off-field. Kennedy Brooks, who – also add some off-field stuff, but was cleared of that. Uh, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State, CD Lamb, OU, Tylon Wallace uh, from o- OSU, uh, the returning um, Bolitnikoff Award winner, I believe. No, he was the nominee. nominee. The rightful Bolitnikoff winner. Yes, he, the guy was incredible. And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about him in a bit. Uh, Jalen Rager, Grant Calcaterra, Creed Humphrey, uh, Lucas Niang from TCU, uh, I don't really know if I need to read the read the rest. Uh, C.D. Lamb is a kick returner, and Cameron Dicker as uh, the place kicker. That's just that is, if you want if you need an example of lazy like voting, just look at that. That, that he only got on that because they're like, ah, he's a recognizable name. Mm. And uh, lazy voting, the punter from Kansas. Let's just pick <laughs> the dude that punted the most. <laughs> we'll make him the punter. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, so let's get down to it just straight off. Uh, Sam Elger as Offensive Player of the Year. Do we, What do we think about that? Because I'm, I'm not convinced. But I, I see where people were going with this. No. I see how he – I think he's a good quarterback. I see that he has the skill to do that. But I'm not going to let anybody that's not in Lincoln Riley's system not win that award. I think that is just outrageous. I don't care who it is. Lincoln's going to produce the Offensive Player of the Year every single year. So, of the OU guys, who do you think would do it? Uh, It'd be the quarterback. It'd be Jalen Hurts. For sure. Yeah, I I agree. I just don't know if you can give uh, the newcomer of the year and Hurts uh, Offensive Player of the Year. Um, I honestly, you know, if if I look at this just in general, I know it's a wild take and they would never give it to him, but I kind of like Creed Humphrey. (sighs) I like yeah. it. <laughs> there's no, there's absolutely no way. <laughs> Give it to the O lineman if it's an OU guy. Uh, but in terms of a name, I like Tylon Wallace, uh, at least coming into this. The guy is incredible. He's going to have a lot better of a year now that he doesn't have uh, corn dog throwing at him. Uh, and I, I think, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think he's going to have a. He's a I, it, I didn't mean to interrupt. He's, a, he's in the NCAA preseason All-Americans, isn't he? I'm sure you would. I think, he's the, he I think he's the only Big 12 offensive player that's a preseason All-American. I'm guessing it would be him and Jerry Judy for the wide receivers, just because 
the people who were in the Belenikov finalists probably should therefore become the uh, yeah. following season. Why wouldn't it be? That wouldn't make any sense. I st- yeah. But I really do think I just, that... I just looked um, it up. It's, it's Wallace and, and Judy are the preseason All-Americans. Yeah, I still think CeeDee Lamb will have a better year than um, Wallace, though. I think Wallace is a very, very good player. But I think CD is ready to go get his bag, and I think he's trying to get himself first-round pick. And I, I feel very, very highly on what he can do now, especially that this is his team. Hollywood yeah. was very, very good. And understand that we have a very good wide receiving court with Charleston Rambo, Hazelwood, Weiss, Bridges behind him. But CD is a grown man. He's put a lot of weight on the, in the locker room. That dude looks the part of a first-round pick for a wide receiver. And yeah. he isn't going to blow this opportunity. That's what I I've been super high on CD for a while because of of two things, especially last year when we look at him versus Hollywood downfield blocking, yep. which obviously size plays into that. He was a lot smaller, but he's still a tall dude. He's still a big dude. He has a really solid frame, but then also attitude. He, even when you look at the games where we were really struggling um, whenever you saw the players, there was a significantly more of a toxic attitude coming from other players where CD really didn't have a game where you could tell that he was bothered and angry and frustrated. He seems to always be having a good time and always positive, and I have not yet seen him really get down and really get upset. Not that he's not passionate, not that he doesn't want to win, but he seems to always be in a really good headspace. And now that he's put on some more size, the fact that he is a more of a team player, I thought last year than other receivers we had, and that he can do those other things besides just big explosive catches, because you're not going to be doing that regularly every game in the NFL. It's it's going to matter a lot more that you're a, a more complete package. And I think that CD is really going to be a big leader on the offensive side. And I think he's going to be better than ever. And I definitely think he's going to be an awesome asset. Definitely. Definitely. I, I, I think he's going to be... I think he's really going to come out and do pretty damn good this year. I'm pretty excited to see that. Uh, yeah. But uh, let's circle back around. Newcomb of the year, Jalen Hurts. Uh, I mean, that, that's kind of an obvious pick. Uh, this also makes back-to-back newcomer of the years for OU, by the way. Well, yeah, I feel like that's, that's ours, (laughs) that's ours to lose every single year. I feel like almost all of these offensive player of the year, any kind of offense award or just general award is ours to lose every single off season. And we should be the majority, if not all of them every single off offseason in the preseason polls. Well, well, newcomer of the year wasn't an offensive player. Who was it? For uh, last year. Um, oh, it was Buki. It was Buki. Oh. So let's let's hope uh, Jalen does a little better this year. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope yeah, there's no I remember when Bobby said Buki was going to be the defensive player of the year last year. I said he, pod. I said he was going to get snubbed and he didn't get snubbed. He snubbed himself <laughs> on the field. Yeah, he, he snubbed himself. Uh, and that's and that kind of, if you think about Buki in general, a lot of the leadership on the defense kind of goes to the fact that we had a lot of young guys. We didn't have a guy to say, hey, don't 
you're a freshman. Put the hammer down. Put the sledgehammer down, please. Yeah. yeah, Kenneth Murray is our leader now. And while we do complain about his game, he is a guy that will get in your face and call you out for something. Um, he takes, takes his trade very seriously. And moving forward, especially in this no BS nonsense um, Grinch thing, I saw a quote the other day. Where it's like, if you want to think you're all of that, you can wear a Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield jersey for the rest of um, training camp or rest of the summer if you want to. And you can walk around and just wear that all day because if you think you're something cool here, you can do that. Oh, damn. <laughs> and I was I, like, I like this guy. I love that Grinch <laughs> is just straight up telling them they're, they're not special. And uh, I, I believe he's going on recruiting trips and saying like, hey, we don't have a – we literally do not have a uh, NFL draft pick on here. I'm sure that that has to piss him off in a good type of way. I, I think that's the way you handle a team that was that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have NFL draft picks. It's all, it's just stupid to think that Neville Gallimore isn't an NFL draft pick. So whenever you hear that, you know, you know, it's a little just fuel to the fire. Good for Grinch. I'm really, really excited to see what he does. Um, but yeah, whenever he told Bryson Washington, we don't have any draft picks. I mean, that duh, there's going to be a six foot two safety that's going to be like, oh, I match his scheme. I run fast. I'm tall. I can move right into that team next year and start. And I could become the new dynasty into making a new national championship defense. And yeah. there is, and, and on the other hand, it fuels the people on the defensive side. And for the people who get their feelings hurt and say he shouldn't be talking bad about us, I don't want them playing if they're that weak. I want people to get criticism and then use that as fuel to become better and prove people wrong. It's I, coaching. It's football. Yeah. I really agree with, with Jameson here, especially when it comes to recruiting. When I look at the team – the people that I want on this team or the people that I want on my team are the ones that don't want the easy route. I don't want the players that are going to go, this is an established thing. I can be mediocre here and still get hyped because I'm going to get a lot of reps or because the team's going to carry me. I want people that are good, that know they're good, but are so humble, but want to go prove themselves. I want people that are going to take responsibility and say, I know I'm good. This is on me. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to establish this and I'm going to help them win championships. Mm -hmm. I don't want people that are the Kevin Durant's that are, I know I'm good, but I'll just go here because I want to win a championship, but I want the team to be able to carry me. I want Mm -hmm. people that are going to come in and say, this is it. It's up to me. I'm taking responsibility. Yeah, and we're, and we're really kind of aiming at getting those guys. I guess we'll segment and go into our uh, and corner here. Bryson Washington was a huge get, six foot two safety out of the Houston area. And we got him in a match, head-to-head matchup versus Texas. Anytime you get a Texas target from the Houston area is huge. Texas control, controls that whole area. Very big win, especially with Dante Manning decommitting from our team a couple of weeks ago. He's one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. And whilst Rivals doesn't have them um, him in a very high light of what he should be ranked, he's still a three-star, 247 has him as, like, a very high-end four-star, and uh, ESPN has him, like, as a top three or four cornerback in the nation. So it's a big loss, but just because he decommitted doesn't mean we're losing him. But whenever he went to a and uh, they convinced him that, Roy Manning, our cornerbacks coach, isn't a cornerbacks coach. He's a linebackers coach. Why would you go there? 
um, you're not going to develop good enough. And that's just tough. That Hate is a to tough look. It. That is a tough look. That's something you, you'd been talking about since we hired him that you kind of thought he was out of position there a bit. It, it's, I, I'm sure that he's good enough to coach that position. I'm sure he's a great football mind. And Alex Grinch is a secondary guy. So you can kind of bring in a project at the cornerbacks coach because Alex Grinch is going to have that um, kind of experience working with that group to where you can kind of have a hype man behind you, which exactly is Roy Manning. And there's talks of like, what are we going to do when Ruffin McNeil is probably on the outs next year, him really getting old? Could we therefore move Roy Manning to the outside linebackers coach of what he is, where he's more, where he played whenever he was a player and where he's coached more and has more experience and then bring in a Chip Viney at the cornerbacks coach, another guy who's experienced with that position and he's a very good recruiter and gets to the players very well. Yeah, I really like, I feel like Chip Viney's stock is something that is very high value. I think he's going to be a guy who, I mean, he's, he's the ultimate players coach, I feel like. And uh, if, Given the opportunity, I think you'd do fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so going off just more on commitments, um, we got Bryson Washington on July 4th, and after we got Andrew Rain, the number one player in Oklahoma, uh, there was thoughts that he was going to commit to Georgia any time. And then after thinking about it, he said, why would I go away from the team that I've always wanted to be at? And he committed to Oklahoma. That would have been an absolute kick to the nuts if we went to Georgia instead of OU. Um, Sam Pittman's a hell of an offensive line coach out there. He's the second best behind Beatonbo. But, I mean, really big, especially during a time that all of the Tulsa players right now in this 2020 class really despise us because we're not sending them offers. We're kind of focusing more on the national level. But whenever you have a big brand like OU, we can't give you an offer just because you're from Oklahoma. We're going to give you an offer because you earned it. And we don't want anyone to feel entitled by anything. And if some people are getting mad because they aren't enti- getting something they're entitled to, Alex Grinch sure as hell ain't going to want you. Lincoln Riley won't either. Yeah. That, that goes back to what I was talking about. Like that's, We don't want people that don't want to earn everything. Because ultimately, that's what you have to do. Clemson's, Clemson's not going to give you a win. Bama's not going to give you a win. Whoever else is in the playoffs, it's not going to be Oregon. Is not going to give you a win. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith. Oh God, the, the the USC one was is the worst. Stephen A. just needs to he 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 needs to just not talk about basketball ever again. Basketball, fo- football, football, football. Yeah, football. He, Great at basketball. Sorry. Yeah, he he'd be fine to stop talking as well. But uh, <laughs> but only post Twitter videos of his reactions to fans' questions, and then I'd be happy. Just for the um, memes. Yes. Okay, so another commit we got right after. We got Jalen Conyers, fourth best tight end in the nation. Um, if you look him up, you'll see, like, number two, number three, but there's a lot of athletes um, that are considered tight ends as well. But he's a very good get out of Groover, Texas, small town in Texas. He wanted to stay close to home and released a top three of Georgia and Ohio State and OU. As soon as that was released, it was pretty much known that he was coming here. So it was a matter of not if but when. Um, really big just to get another um, good receiving uh, kind of we got him next to Michael Thompson um, Michael Thompson Michael Henderson uh, he's going to be playing halfback and he'll be our tight end commit and he'll be very good I think he just looking at his tape he's very similar to Mark Andrews so now that leaves it to where 
we have two eyes left out there. There's that big one eyes that hasn't come to fruition, and then there's another eye that came around the same time Andrew Rames was a little bit before. My guess is the non-big one, just the regular eye, is Jonah Monheim. He is an offensive lineman from California. He's coming in for Champ U Barbecue. We'll get more to that in the next podcast. But I think that's just a, is he going to announce Champ U Barbecue weekend just to kind of bring up the momentum? I think that's definitely a possibility. And then the other eye, I, th- I still think it's Kendall Milton, um, the five-star running back from uh, California. It just it made too much sense on 247. All those crystal balls came in right after Lincoln pre- um, put out the eyes in big one. Everyone thought he was going to Oklahoma. And then the report said that it's not likely that this big one is going to come to OU. And then some people thought, oh, it might be Bryson Washington because – Bryson Washington never got a set of eyes. His eyes were the oh wow with the little emoji face. And Lincoln never ever does two eyes for one player. Because Andrew Rame, um, unless unless they decommit and then recommit. So was was those um Bryson Washington's eyes because he never got some? We don't know. I still think it's Kendall Milton going forward. But other than that, recruiting's looking really good. We've got a lot to look forward to, especially Champion Barbecue. Um, right now, probably the biggest thing to look at is our defensive back and offensive line room because those are getting ready to be full. Um, we've got three defensive backs, and we're looking to probably take four, so we're looking for one more guy. We missed out on major burns to um, LSU, but a guy that we talked about earlier close to the spring game that we thought was a for-sure commit in Jacoby Covington out of Arizona. He set his commitment date for October 1st. Right now, Washington's in the lead for him. We're second. I don't know why he didn't commit to us, but it definitely helps us that he's going to be able to watch our team come the fall and be, oh, uh, this team actually is turning around and they aren't the worst defense in Power 5 anymore. And we could really prove him and get him over to be our last DB spot. And then Jonah Monaheim, once he commits, I think our offensive line room would be full unless we get a really, really stud guy wanting to come and join us. Yeah, and, and and I think packing the O-line room is just vital. Uh, Biedenboe is one of the most, if not the greatest, uh, offensive line coach minds in college football. So pairing, uh, pairing the best talent available with him is just, I mean, that's horrifying to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like Lincoln and quarterbacks. Like, you, you have to see as a as a high schooler coming in that if you are that good, that you're being very highly talked about that you do potentially a few years down the line, have a chance of playing in the NFL. And you look and say, this is a team where I'm not only going to be on a successful team, but I'm also going to have an awesome coach with a really proven track record that I know can really develop me and get me to where I need to be to to be competitive in the draft. I think that we're really solid in those two areas, which is awesome. Yeah. This, this summer has been a lot of fun, especially in the recruiting trail. June and July has been full of stuff. This, I haven't really, since we haven't touched on it in a while, my favorite thing that's happened to us this summer is getting the number two overall Juco player, the number one defensive tackle in Juco and Perry and Winfrey He's going to be an instant plug and start next year to take Neville Gallimore's spot. The dude is an animal. If people are worried about our defense next year after losing a lot of key guys, go look up this guy's video. 
he is going to be special. You don't see a lot of talented guys coming out of JUCO, and you don't see OU getting a lot of big-time defensive commits, especially JUCO commits, because Alabama takes a lot of those and makes them work. And then Brock Vandegriff as well, 2021's number one overall player on Rivals. He's going to be something special. It just alludes to 2020, we're not likely taking a quarterback. But whenever you have the number one overall quarterback in 2019's class and 2021 class, you've got to be absolutely happy. And then just other commits that we've gotten, just to throw those names out there, don't have to talk too much about it. We got Seth McGowan, who um, is from Mesquite, Texas, that we got running back to fill our running back room with Jace McClellan. Noah Nelson, the tackle from Arizona, he's six foot like eight or nine. He's a monster. Um, Edron Cooper is a linebacker that we just got. And then in-state from Bishop McGinnis, Brendan Walker, we got as a linebacker too. Um, things are looking good. We just Defensive line recruiting is a little bit scary for, from the high school standpoint. It's going to be absolutely pivotal. And I said this earlier that we need to come out and show that we aren't a scrub defense. And all these recruits that are kind of on the edge will be like, oh, this team actually is competent. I could come in, start early and turn this team into a championship team to not be just a 50% off, I mean, a 100% offense team. Yeah. But other than that, that's Cruton Corner. Um, there was a lot to cover. Um, we'll get to champion barbecue names and possibilities and throw around all that stuff here next time we come on the pod. For sure. Yeah, that no, was really solid. That, that was a pretty fantastic rundown right there. Yeah, there was, there was a lot. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I just want to point out how tremendously like pro world class level Jameson's transitions were between subjects today. That was I'm crazy. Always, I'm always trying to do that. I'm always trying to find a transition. You you nailed the transition moving from Iowa State to the preseason stuff and then right into recruiting. That was awesome to see. It was really impressive. I, I'm not gonna lie. Very impressive. Great success. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think that's about all uh, all I have today. Uh, what do you guys do? You guys have any final thoughts before we uh, head on out? No, I need to go sell a weed eater from a guy I met on Facebook Marketplace. So yeah, I'm trying to go to Torchies. <laughs> hey, I went to Torchies today. It's good stuff. Nice. Yeah, it was very nice. So I gotta I just keep tidying up the old uh, the new apartments. So. Alrighty. Well, we're all doing stuff. Though. That's good. You just gotta, just gotta keep busy until uh, till September first. So, oh, one thing I was going to say before we leave, uh, they're going to do some. Oh, you announced that they're going to do some sort of either a stripe the stadium or uh, they're they're actually opening it up to voting. Uh, either stripe the stadium, white out the stadium, uh, half and half. So, uh, split down the middle crimson or split down the middle white. Or this weird uh, crimson in the middle, uh, white on the end zones uh, <laughs> sort of thing. Currently, it's between stripe the stadium or uh, white out. So. Yeah, I voted for white out. Um, even though Houston might, might be wearing white, I think that's something we've never done and would be really cool. I'm Stripe the stadium's cool. I'm just kind of getting tired of it, to be completely honest with y'all. Um, so I just kind of wanted to see something different. Yeah, it's time yeah, to ditch. Cool. It's time to dip, ditch the stripes. I kind of like the half and half because I've never really seen that before, and that's kind of that's kind of unique. So, but that uh, makes it look like half the crowd is there for the away team. 
Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, it kind of gives you, like, Cotton Bowl vibes, I thought. Yeah, but, yeah, I I mean, honestly, I see where you're coming from, but it's also Houston, so I don't think anyone would really put two and two together. I'm 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 all for it, uh, but the whiteout would be cool too. Just anything but stripe the stadium. Uh, it's looking like whiteout's gonna win, I think. Yeah, that's that's my bet. Uh, whiteout would be really cool though. Um, very very Penn State of us. Which yeah, it's something different. Let's try something different, especially uh, to get the fans there. And for Houston, it's kind of interesting because they're also a red team. So I mean. Why not? Let's let's try. And especially with it being a Sunday national TV game, it's going to be getting a lot of viewers. Let's do yep. something unique. And it's going to be hot. Ah. Yeah, that that is a very very imp- uh, important point there because it's never fun wearing crimson in that heat. So even even the white can be pretty tough. But anyways. Well, yeah, that's all we have for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, boys, thanks for hopping on. That was fun. So. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. We got, uh, we got, we got a lot of preseason stuff coming down the pipe. I don't know why I keep saying coming <laughs> down the pipe. <laughs> I do what is wrong person. with you? <laughs> Ver- verbal meme, don't say pipe, don't say pipe, me, pipe. <laughs> you just uh, said, okay. <laughs> that that's what happens. I just say pipe, even though I'm like, don't say, don't say coming down the pipe. Then I just, Ugh. either way, either way, uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming. Um, so look out for that. We're about to really ramp it up in August as we get closer to kickoff, and then uh, we'll obviously be here through uh, through the season. So I am, I'm really pumped for our, uh, second season of Potten. So, uh, anyways. Uh, if you like listening to this stuff, uh, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna get even it's gonna get even better as we get closer to football season and through the season. So hit the hit that subscribe button, uh, hit us up with that five star uh, review. Give us any uh, good comments, concerns, any of that. Uh, tell us if you like the pipe or not. Okay. All right. This was a nice time chatting <laughs> with you all. Um, for us at the Schooner Blog, uh, have a good day and Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. See y'all on the other side. No child, no child. But I'm piped up. See that boy right up. He piped up. See that girl right up. She piped up. Pipe it 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 up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular, hype it up. Buy a bando and I pipe it up. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular, hype it up. Buy a bando and I pipe it up. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I'm just doing my dab, I call it the pipe it up They know that I'm having blue Benjamins They know I'm on top of the pyramid They know I'm a golden and Guinness All this dabbing, tripping Piped up in the city Piped up with your piped up Piped up in Javinci Piped up new edition
pipe for the ammunition. Yo, walking around piped up. When she see me, she blowing kisses. Feeling like Aladdin, quiver the genie. I grant you three wishes. You know I do magic, quiver Houdini. I touch the pack and get it missing. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular, hype it up. Go buy a bando and I pipe it up. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular, hype it up. Go buy a bando, then I pipe it up. This ain't turn it up. I'm a young rich, dreaming, I'll pipe it up. Bitches miss all day, you steal like a dinosaur. Look at your diamonds, your diamonds ain't bright enough. I seen them to get using the catapult. Play with that open, that's no like a hockey puck. Pipe it up, pipe it up, no writing paper. They biting up, but the mingo got a title. So none. Don't know how I have I've been testing on you, that's matter. Don't forget the dad, daddy in stores now. Wire in fast. Pop it up, this is gonna be the new anthem. My cup is swerving in the black paint and rimmer. Pull out the camera when you see me, Kristen Louboutin hopping. Now that's an animal. Now remember, but we made this song. Nobody said pop it up. Now that we drop it, we gon' come up and have everybody screaming pop it up. Pop it up in the club while I'm on the. Not the furniture. Shoot a money ball like Steve Kerr. Pop it up, I got them on reserve. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular hype it up. Go buy a bandol and I pipe it up. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up. I walk in the club just to pipe it up. I stand on the stage and I pipe it up. Get a regular, regular hype it up. Go buy a bandol and I pipe it up.